You don't know flag. You Don't Know Flat, a podcast full of stories about retro gaming, retro computing, video games, arcade games, and technology from a guy who was there and still is. My name is Rob O'Hara, but for the next 30 minutes, you can call me Flat. Episode 199. You deserve a break today. At McDonald's. Greetings and salutations, listeners, and welcome to another episode of You Don't Know Flat. Today is February 20th, 2021, and I am your host, Rob Flack O'Hara. On today's episode of You Don't Know Flack, we will be talking about McDonald's. But before we get started, we have a few minutes to chat during this week's Loading Time. Loading Time. Loading Time. Loading Time. Welcome back to another episode of You Don't Know Flack. Uh, not going to lie, it has been a trying week, which I will be uh, telling you about very shortly. But before I start talking about that, I wanted to tell you that I did upload some streams. Uh, of course, I continue to stream on Twitch TV forward slash Rob O'Hara. So if you like watching old games being played, and it's more about the games, it's it's more about uh, interacting with me and letting me interact with you. And uh, while I play games, chatting and, and having a good time and showing off pictures, in fact, uh, this week I played some Rally games, some different games in MAME. I played Grand 1000 Miles Rally, which is an old arcade game that I really used to enjoy. And I also played Neo Drift Out, which is a similar style rally racing game. And then I showed off some pictures of lawnmower races, which I think may be unique uh, to the Midwest. Uh, we attended lawnmower races a few years ago in El Reno, Oklahoma, and I took some pictures, so... That was a lot of fun, and I got a lot of fun feedback. We had a good time. So if you enjoy that sort of thing, you can find the videos right now over on Twitch TV forward slash Rob O'Hara. Those videos do get archived. Uh, my Wednesday night, I, I stream every week on Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Central, and those typically get archived over at YouTube.com forward slash Amigos Retro Gaming. But the ones that are overflow or don't quite fit the... I don't know, the uh, uh, the style of uh, retro gaming get sent to my personal YouTube channel, which is Rob O'Hara. Uh, so you might check those two things. And of course, links to any of those videos will always be in the show notes, which are pot, uh, <laughs> not on my game today. They're posted over at podcast.robohara.com. Uh, I also wanted to just briefly mention that I saw yesterday that Prince Marky D from the Fat Boys passed away. You know, I suppose all of us have different, I don't want to say relationships because <laughs> I don't know Prince Marky D personally, but everybody has different artists that they can relate to from different periods of their life. And the Fat Boys to me were really the first rap artists of the 80s that I knew more than one song from. I had the Breakin' soundtrack. I had uh, the Beat Street soundtrack. I had a couple of different albums like that. But the Fat Boys were the first group, the first rap group that I listened to. I had a couple of their tapes, and then I ended up making copies of those tapes and trading them to another friend for copies of Run DMC tapes. So those were really the first 
rap groups that I listened to in the 80s. Of course, this was during the beginning of breakdancing in that whole era, but uh, Prince Marky D, you know, is one third of the Fat Boys. Another one was the Human Beatbox, who passed away several years ago, and Prince Marky D passed away. Uh, I don't know the, the full story of what happened yet. They haven't uh, said too much, but it said he was 52 years old, which I'm really shocked that the Fat Boys were only five years older than me, <laughs> which tells me I really need to, it's time to not, I'm trying not to try out for a member of the Fat Boys. <laughs> So uh, maybe it's time for me to lose some weight in, in honor of uh, Prince Marky D. But that it bummed me out. I, I grew up listening to the Fat Boys. And, of course, they had several novelty hits. They had Wipeout, which was a crossover with the Beach Boys. They had The Twist, which was a rap crossover version with Chubby Checker. So uh, a lot of uh, classic uh, nostalgic memories associated with the Fat Boys. So I, I was bummed out to see that. That is not the biggest thing that happened to me this week, however. Um, if you have been following me on, if you read my Patreon posts, or if you follow me on social media, or if you're on the Amigos Discord, which you can be a member of uh, by supporting my show through Patreon or their show, um, you know, or if you read my blog, there's a, it turns out I'm, I'm a blabbermouth. I, I talk in a lot of different places. But if you've been following me in some fashion, you probably know that I live here in the Midwest. I live in Oklahoma, and we have absolutely been smashed by a winter storm this week. Uh, we do get snow. We get snow every year, and we get cold temperatures, but we don't get snow like this, and we don't get cold temperatures like this. I heard a meteorologist this week say that there was one day they were expecting the lowest temperature ever recorded in Oklahoma City, so that's cold. We had temperatures on my phone one day of, I believe, negative 9 degrees, and that's Fahrenheit. <laughs> 32 degrees is freezing. So almost uh, 40 degrees below freezing, you know, negative 9. There was a couple days where the high was negative 3. That's cold, man. And um, our... Our houses, our buildings, our infrastructure, our state is just not built to handle temperatures that cold. So over the past, uh, gosh, if today's Saturday, I guess over the past five days, uh, I've had a, a water pipe in my house burst, uh, which uh, flooded my closet with water. We got that shut off. Um, and then in the middle of the coldest day, possibly of all time in Oklahoma, they decided to start doing rolling blackouts. And so we lost power. Um, now that the power outage was very brief. We only lost power for an hour. Um, some people lost power multiple times. Uh, what a terrible time to start turning off people's power. You know, <laughs> uh, I saw so many people in the news saying that they, uh, have uh, older family members who are on oxygen or people that were running electric heaters because their houses just wouldn't warm up or their, their heater to their house had gone out. And so to, you know, it's, it, it's almost criminal. <laughs> it really is. Uh, it's just, I, I understand that there must be a, um, you know, a technical reason that they had to do that and to preserve power, but, uh, it's a really bad situation. So as, as you all know, if you've been listening for a while, last October, we had a snowstorm and I bought a generator. That was when we had power out for multiple days. So I broke out the generator this week and ran all my extension cords to the house and got heaters plugged up. And then the, the power came on about 15 minutes later, but you know what? It's, it's that, um, uh, the money that I spent on the, on the generator is worth it for that security 
in your mind that you're not going to get stuck for days in a freezing house, you know? So, uh, so we had, uh, rolling power outages here. Uh, I had a broken water pipe and then on Tuesday, our water went out and I thought it was just the water for my house, but it was for a big chunk of Oklahoma city. We had line breaks all over the city because it got so cold and that caused the water pressure to dip and the low water pressure caused the local water treatment plant to actually freeze. So that, is two problems. First of all, all the leaks around town had to be repaired. They had to repair all these lines. And then they had to unfreeze, I guess, the water treatment plant. I don't even know how that happens. But uh, uh, So we didn't have water uh, from sometime Tuesday until sometime Thursday. So um, that began uh, an entire process of me shoveling snow and putting it in tubs and bringing it in the house to melt so that we could flush toilets. Uh, I am here by myself. I'm the only adult in the house and my daughter is here. My son is staying at school right now. He couldn't get home right now if he wanted to because the roads were so bad. And uh, my wife is out of town, which I'll talk about in just a second. But um, uh, so it's just uh, me and my daughter. And so, you know, I, I kind of got into survival mode. You know, I'm bringing snow into the house. I boiled snow. <laughs> to turn into drinking water. I actually uh, made a big tub of, of drinking snow. Now, we were uh, to compound all this is that because we got such heavy snowfalls, we got uh, my driveway was anywhere from two to three feet thick of snow, and it prevented me from getting any of my cars out of the driveway. So I couldn't leave the house. <laughs> so you do start to panic a little bit. Like when they start turning the electricity off and they turn off your water and you can't leave your house. It, it does induce a little bit of panic. Now, um, before my life, my wife uh, left out of town, she completely stocked the refrigerator. I have weeks worth of food here. Uh, I immediately took inventory of what we had to drink. We have two gallons of milk. We had, we had orange juice. We had a gallon of crystal light. I had two gallons of distilled water that I had stored. Uh, so we were not in any danger, but, it does trigger that little reflex where all of a sudden you go, you just get that minor bit of, of panic, you know, and especially when you're responsible for, for someone else's well-being. Uh, so, you know, there was a couple of days where it was, it was a little stressful, but the sun is out. I believe the high today is 39. You can see the icicles are dripping off the edge of the house. It's starting to melt. Uh, the roads are a little less. I was able to get the car out uh, yesterday. My truck, by a combination of shoveling snow and ramming snow drifts with, <laughs> with the rear of the truck. So between the two, I was able to get out. And actually, as I'm recording this morning, I am sipping on a McDonald's coffee, which will lead into the, the topic later on. So things are better. Uh, there are no more rolling blackouts. The water has been returned, and I can get out of the driveway. So all those things are good. I did reference that uh, my wife was out of town and she is still out of town. She is having uh, minor surgery, uh, but it's unfortunately, it's a surgery that no one in Oklahoma performs, but there are several doctors in California. Um, it is a, uh, she has some growths that are, they're not cancerous, but they are growing in her legs and they, they wanted to take care of this. And it's a combination where they, I guess they do something to, to kill the growths, and then it's almost like a liposuction to get the growths out. Um, and uh, it, it's a it's kind of an ordeal. But they don't couldn't find anybody here locally that did it. But they do uh, do it. Several people do it in California because it's oddly 
um, classified as cosmetic surgery, even though the growths were starting to grow around her knees and her ankle, which was causing uh, uncomfortable pressure on her joints and making it difficult uh, mobility a little more difficult. So um, she flew out as the snow was coming in. So as uh, I was shoveling snow to try to get drinking water, (laughs) She's sending me pictures of palm trees and asking how things are. So, um, but uh, uh, so she will be returning sometime next week. And uh, but I I did feel like you know a lot of times I let her take the helm. Like I'm sure she would have had a plan. You know if we couldn't get out of the driveway, she would have had a plan. If we you know ran out of water, she would have had a plan. And I don't know that I have a plan for those things. Um, but uh, it, you know when you're at home by yourself. And you have a kid, all of a sudden you make plans. And so that that's kind of what we did, you know. Uh, there was a brief moment where I got a little scared, and that was the first time I got my truck halfway down the driveway. Uh, I got it the rear end into the street, and then I couldn't move. Of course, the wheels are just spinning. I couldn't move forward. I couldn't move backward. And then I looked up in the rearview mirror, and I saw a bunch of kids coming down the street uh, who helped me push my truck out of the snow. And I, I looked in the rearview mirror and, and pushing up against the back of my truck, I saw Joshua Eckroth, David Chambers, Paradroid, Matt Hill, C-Dubs, Carrie Clanton, Zeke Pabsky, Alan Hudgens, Mitsuyama, Ant Page, Steve Sharippa, Mr. Bundy, Stephen Burt, Mike McLaughlin, Gary Heather, Darren Folds, Rydar and Christopher Bow, Armadin Restel, Olaf Hope, David Hearn, John Schaller, Eric Stryanisi, Matt Nicholson, Dave Zilly, Steve Rasmussen, Patrick Markey, Chris Folds, Garrett Allier, Scrap Arcade, Graham Vebke, Rick Reynolds, Scott Lambert, John Morrison, Mark Alley, Jake Nonamaker, and John Treholt, oh, and Roy Jacobs. All of those people could not push my truck out of the snow. And then one last person came over the hill, the mysterious Cobra Kai. And with his final push, we got the truck out of the snow, and I drove off, and as they were all waving, I waved and said, I'm on my way to McDonald's. <laughs> I wish those people had all been here to help me. I wish they'd all been here to help me shovel snow. Of course, those people did not help push me out of the snow. But what they did do was support this podcast through Patreon. So if you'd like to support this podcast, head over to patreon.com forward slash Rob O'Hara to find out uh, a little bit more. And I do want to remind my 16-bit Patreon supporters, those are my $10 a month tier, um, that I am accepting questions from you guys for different episodes. So if you would like to have a question answered on the air about either my shows or me or anything at all, as long as it's family friendly, uh, don't forget to send in your questions and I will read and answer those questions on the air. If you want to support the show, but you're not into Patreon, you can always share links to my show on social media or like and review the show on, I always say iTunes, but I guess it's Apple podcasts at this point. If you have feedback about this or any episode of the show, you can email me directly at Rob O'Hara at RobOHara.com. Join the conversation on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash RobCasts. Follow me on Twitter at Commodore or leave me a message on my podcast hotline at 405-486-YDKF. And that covers this week's loading time. Let's get started talking about McDonald's.
Chris. It'll be great. I'll be scared. Just think how glad you'll be when you're all done and maybe we'll all go to McDonald's. I'll be glad when I'm done. I'll be glad when I'm done. I'll be... <sighs> think McDonald's. Oh, I wish I were already there instead of here playing this song. Oh, I would have a big chocolate shake, a cheeseburger, and also, whoops, and also fries. And I would eat my fries myself and not give any to my dumb brother. Hands off and mine off mine. Oh, boy, my recital is almost done. It wasn't bad. I'm still alive. And now I can have my chocolate shake, my cheeseburger, and also whoops and also fries. My earliest memory of McDonald's is actually not of McDonald's itself. It's not about the food. It's not about the restaurant. It's not even about the characters. It's about this small play school McDonald's playset. I don't remember where I played with this at. I don't think I went to pre-K. So it's possible this was kindergarten, but I feel like it was before that. Maybe at a daycare I went to when I was, gosh, three or maybe four years old. But there was a McDonald's playset that opened up and it had people. It had the little tables. I remember on top of the tables were pictures of hamburgers and fries and drinks. Uh, there was a drive through There were all the, you know, there were the basics of, uh, there were tables, uh, outside tables. And I remember on the playset there was a front part that came out and then there was the big sign at the top was the McDonald's sign. I think it said, you know, billion served even back then. That was my earliest memory of anything to do with McDonald's. Again, it's not the food or, or even going to McDonald's. It was this little playset and having all these people that you could move around and make work behind the counter and, and eat. And it really seemed like this magical place to a little kid that all these things would happen underneath this little brown roof, underneath these golden arches. McDonald's to me was special. Um, it was like an outing. It was an adventure. I wouldn't say it was the same as uh, going to, to Disneyland or something, but it was almost like going to an amusement park. Uh, you would go. We would pile into the car. I remember going as a little child. Uh, we would drive however, wherever the closest McDonald's was. It wasn't close to us. Um, I remember you would see the sign first. You would see the golden arches. It almost sounds cliche, but you would see the sign, uh, and you knew you were almost there. Um, we usually ate at McDonald's when we went to McDonald's, we didn't go through the drive through, you know, we, we would go inside and go eat. And, and once you were done, you know, you would eat your food as fast as you could. So you could go play on the playground. I remember, uh, all the characters associated with McDonald's, of course, Ronald McDonald being the most famous and Grimace, who was his right hand man. Grimace was actually a bad guy in the very early days of McDonald's. If you look it up, uh, he was trying to steal. I think he tried to steal shakes and he had four arms. So you would watch his upper two arms and he would use his lower arms to steal shakes, but he lost his two arms. <laughs> so he's down to two and he became McDon uh, Ronald's buddy. And there was a hamburger who would try to steal your hamburgers. But um, it was, it was an event going to McDonald's was a special time to go 
see all these characters and, and feel like you were in McDonald land and getting to eat, you know, this special McDonald's food. I remember my sister sitting in McDonald's high chairs. They used to have plastic high chairs inside McDonald's and they would have a McDonald's placemat, a, a plastic placemat on top of it that had the McDonald's characters. Um, and they would have these little McDonald's hand puppets that were just a plastic sleeve, basically, that you would slip over your hand that had different characters. And, and uh, you know, you would bring those things home. And that's kind of an early memory of McDonald's is not just going for the food, um, which I have memories of, of enjoying greatly, but it was the whole experience. It was being inside McDonald's. It was seeing these characters. And then it was bringing home a souvenir, whether it was this, this puppet or a plastic bib, which they had, I guess that's what was inside the high chair tray. Those were plastic bibs that you would tie around or, you know, a toy or whatever it was. But the first thing I do remember that I would call a McDonald's souvenir were not the traditional McDonald's glasses that most people are familiar with, but there were a set of glass mugs. They're made of a dark, smoky gray glass. So they're, they're very dark and they're not painted. They're embossed. And there's four different ones. These were actually released in 1974. Now I don't remember when we got them, but I remember having them as a child and I have all four mugs. I have the mugs that we owned as a child because my mom put them on the very top shelf. They were special. These were our special glasses. You know, <laughs> some people have a China cabinet, uh, you know, with rare things. We had the special McDonald's glasses that were only brought down for special occasions. Um, but there's four different mugs and, uh, it has, you know, different, like I think Grimace is dunking a basketball in one, which, you know, think about the logistics of that. Um, but I, but you know, so we had these four mugs and then I believe in 1977 was when McDonald's first released their drinking glasses. If you've been to an antique mall, possibly a thrift store, maybe even garage sales at some point, or you were alive in the 70s or 80s, you remember these glasses. There are six different glasses, and they had the six main characters on them. Of course, there's Ronald McDonald. You have Grimace. This is a two-armed Grimace, not the evil four-armed Grimace. Uh, then you had the Hamburglar, who, of course, was uh, dressed in almost looked like prison black-and-white bar uh, outfit that would try to steal your hamburger. There was Captain Crook, who was a pirate, and then you had these two different guys, both of them that had large hamburgers or, I guess, cheeseburgers uh, for heads. There was Mayor McCheese, who I guess was the mayor of uh, the McDonald's Playland. And then you had Officer Big Mac, who had a Big Mac for a head. <laughs> and he was dressed like a, a Keystone cop, you know. So there were six cups or glasses. And you would go to McDonald's, and I, I think, you know, with a purchase, you could also get a glass and you would try to collect all six. And then this was so popular that the following year they released another set of six glasses. And these are called the McDonald's action series of glasses. So it's the same six figures, but in each one they're doing something. So Ronald McDonald is just, you know, jumping <laughs> on that one or, or they're, they're just all doing different actions. And that was the action series. And so, 
I don't know that all of those survived uh, my childhood, but a lot did. And I have a lot of the original ones, and I've since completed that collection. So the ones that I was missing, I, I since purchased uh, through eBay or antique you know, malls and stuff like that. Usually you could find these. I'll buy them if I see them for $5 or less. Sometimes you'll go to a, an antique mall and they're $12 or something. I, I won't pay that for them, but... Uh, you know, there were a lot of other collectible drinking glasses. Uh, Burger King obviously had the uh, Star Wars line of drinking glasses. Burger King had a line of uh, drinking glasses that showed off their characters, which I do also have, uh, which is a lot of, you know, people that, that people don't really know anyway. Like, there's a shake guy. There's a fry robot guy. Uh, but, I mean, it was McDonald's in my mind that started this. It was McDonald's that started this, this um, you know, desire to go there not just for the meal, but to get something to bring home. You know, I remember right after that, they started coming out with these Garfield mugs that were, they were smaller than the glass. Well, they're mugs and they had Garfield on them. They were clear glass. And that was really when I first remember the controversy about lead paint on McDonald glasses. Um, there was, uh, some studies done and they weren't done in the U S they were done in the UK, but I, I assume they were on similar types of glasses. Um, but, uh, they found lead and cadmium, uh, lead, uh, is not good to eat or drink. And, and cadmium is a, a cancer causing, uh, element, I guess. And, uh, the numbers of lead and cadmium in these glasses are it, it's in the paint and it's way higher than what they set as a minimum number that they allow. Now I have been, not only have I had these glasses my whole life and handled these glasses my entire life. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, if you read the actual report that was put out, it basically said, well, you know, kids could chip that off and eat it. <laughs> they could chip off the paint and eat it, um, which doesn't seem likely. And the other thing about the drinking glasses, like the old McDonald's drinking glasses, was the paint and the, the artwork is on the side. It wasn't necessarily up near the top. But the problem with the Garfield mugs, because they were shorter, was the artwork went right up to the side where you would put your lips. And so that was the concern, is that the part that touched your mouth would have these high levels of lead or cadmium. Now, I don't know that anybody has ever actually gotten lead poisoning. I think you'd have to eat about 200 of these glasses to, to actually get lead poisoning. Um, so there, but there was a concern at the time, you know, and then over time, they, they modified the, uh, recipe <laughs> that they use for this paint and so they, when they lowered the amount of lead, they raised the amount of cadmium. And so it was this constant, um, you know, concern and give and take. And, and this came to a head in 2010 when McDonald's issued their Shrek glasses. And someone, you know, took, took one of the glasses and analyzed it and said that it had an astronomical amount of cadmium in this. And so McDonald's finally said that they would take them back. They basically had a recall of the Shrek glasses. Now the Shrek glasses in 2010, you could get for a dollar 49. If you bought food or if you didn't buy food, they were two 49, but McDonald's said, if you bring them back, they'll give you $3. And so 
Some people return them, I guess. I found, while I was looking up this episode, doing some research, I found people who said if you have these glasses in your house, uh, you should put on latex gloves and put them in a plastic bag to get rid of them, which I, I just find amazing. I drink from these glasses all the time to this day. Um, anytime that I get duplicates of glasses I already have, they go right into rotation. And and I drink uh, Crystal Light from them uh, all the time. So I guess uh, I'm just saying buyer beware. You know, um, I, th- I think for me personally, as far as a, uh, a health risk, I put it up there with eating cookie dough. <laughs> it's just not something I worry about. Glasses to go, glasses to go. McDonald's has McDonald's land. Glasses to go, get the mayor. Big Mac and even Ronald. A different glass every week at McDonald's. Glasses to go, glasses to go. Glasses to go at McDonald's. Get a Mayor McCheese glass this week at participating McDonald's in Chicagoland. Order a medium soft drink in a McDonald's line glass, 49 cents plus tax, and keep the glass. You know, so so in the late 70s, I mean, this is 77, 78, that was a thing. You went to McDonald's and you got your drinking glass. But then in 1979, and this is when I was six years old, McDonald's introduced the Happy Meal. So it's hard for me in one way. I don't really remember life before the Happy Meal. <laughs> uh, it seems like McDonald's always had a Happy Meal, but... Uh, I found a story that said there was a restaurant owner in Guatemala in the mid-70s that noticed that kids were not ordering their own meals. They were just eating you know, from their parents' plate. They would eat off of their parents' french fries or whatever. And so they came up with their own kids' menu where you would get basically what we think of today as a Happy Meal. You would get your own burger, your own small fry, your own small drink, which uh, not only made it easier – for parents to order food for their kids, but also to increase sales because now you're buying something for your children. And so corporate got word of this and then corporate uh, or the people, you know, there was a guy in corporate that um, uh, he actually won an award, a 10 year award. He he got a bronze happy meal (laughs) statue. It's really cool looking. It's online. Um, But uh, so, the Happy Meal was invented, and it was rolled out in 1979 nationally. And a Happy Meal consists, back then, it consists of your choice of hamburger or cheeseburger. And then you got small fries, a little box of cookies, and a small drink. And man, I mean, the Happy Meal was a driver to get you to go to McDonald's. You know, your parents would say, where do you want to go for dinner? I want to go to McDonald's because I want that Happy Meal. And the Happy Meal came in a little cardboard box. I don't know if they still do. I think now they maybe they just come in bags or something, but uh, I don't know. Um, but the Happy Meal, of course, came in a box that folded. It looked like a little house, and the carrying handle was the McDonald's arches. And I read online that the goal of every Happy Meal was to have at least eight activities for children. So that could be a joke uh, or a puzzle or a cartoon, but every Happy Meal box had to have at least eight things for kids. And boy, do I remember doing them. I mean, there would be a maze on the back or a little crossword puzzle or a word search. I mean, you would just sit there and, you know, imagine the kids who hated school, you know, You'd go to school and I don't want to do homework. I don't want to do this. I want to go to McDonald's and then they give you work to do. And you're like, all right. <laughs> I like doing it on a Happy Meal, though. It doesn't bother me at all. Um, 
one of the things when I think about Happy Meals uh, is being asked all the time hearing this. So you go through the drive through and my mom would say, I need two Happy Meals, you know, two cheeseburger Happy Meals. And then the person would say, are they for a boy or a girl? And that was always the question because they had different toys for boys than they had for girls, uh, which is, of course, uh, you know, just gender stereotyping, right? <laughs> like you would just assume, oh, if it's a boy, he definitely wants that little Hot Wheel car. And if it's a girl, she definitely wants the little miniature My Little Pony or whatever would be in there, you know? And so there's been a lot of pushback of this. Um, you know, it's probably probably forever, but I do remember this being a big deal probably in the, the mid-2000s uh, to the point where I don't think McDonald's asks that anymore. I don't think they say, is this a boy's, you know, is this for a boy or a girl? Um, but sometimes they'll still ask you what toy you want, which I think was the intention all along. It just wasn't done in the right way. Uh, but they will say, hey, do you want the race car or do you want the My Little Pony? And then kids get to pick, you know, and there's a lot of little girls that want to play with race cars. And there's probably a lot of little boys that want the My Little Pony. So, you know, instead of just saying it was for a boy or a girl, now they just ask you, you know, what toy. And I think a lot of McDonald's rollout now uh, is just one toy. I remember when they had the uh, Super Mario, they had all these Super Mario toys. And I don't think, you know, they separated out if it was boys or girls. You just got whatever Super Mario toy of the week was. But um, but man, do I remember those Happy Meal boxes. I remember, like I said, just going over, you know, uh, they even had things on the uh, placemats. You know, they would have cartoons and puzzles and things like that on the on the paper placemats that went in the plastic trays when you would order. Um the the Happy Meal box, for a while, they had plastic Happy Meal boxes. I remember they had uh, a series of ones that were like a boat, and the top and the bottom snapped apart. Your food was in the middle, and then when you got home, you could snap it back together and use it. I remember taking that thing to the bathtub, and it came with a sheet of uh, stickers, and you applied the stickers you know, to put people in the windows and stuff like that. I, I totally remember that, and they had another one around that same time that was UFOs and the food came in a plastic UFO that again snapped apart. Um, I'm sure those like everything else are available on eBay. <laughs> I haven't looked, but uh, um, you know, I, I can't imagine those were very cost efficient, not the same as, as paper happy meal boxes being folded and mailed out. But um, you know, the other thing about the happy meal, again, you know, you got your choice uh, cheeseburger, hamburger, whatever, uh, fries, cookies, and a drink, but then you got a toy. And in the early days there, I mean, there were some pretty cheap toys, but really early on, uh, they started offering these little figures and I have, I could do a whole podcast just about these figures, but they were created by the company and I believe it's called Diner, uh, but it's D I E N E R, but they are German. I don't, it could be Diner. I'm not sure, but um, the earliest one I remember were these series of dinosaurs. You could get a T-Rex or a Stegosaurus or a Ankylosaurus, all these different dinosaurs. Um, that was a, a big deal. Of course, when you're a little kid, I think a lot of little kids are into dinosaurs. And then after that, they had the monster series and there were eight different monsters that you could get there. There was a guy that they were all. Um, they looked very similar to monsters that were in fifties monster movies, but I don't think that they were exactly, but there was a, a guy that looked like a giant bat, you know, and there was a guy that looked like, 
the fly from the movie The Fly, you know, and and there were eight different monsters, and they came in five different colors. So if you do that math, there were forty different things. And so you would go and get your Happy Meal and immediately dig in and find which monster you got. And if you got one that you already had, you would trade that with your friend, you know, and you would say, oh, yeah, I already got this guy. Do you have that guy? And you would collect them. The hard thing about buying these and collecting them now, and by the way, uh, I have a complete collection of the entire monster series. Uh, and by complete, I mean I have all eight in all five colors. And the hard part about that is that People online sell them in small batches, but you never know what colors or you have to buy repeats. So I, I have a lot of duplicates as well, but uh, that was a very expensive collection <laughs> to complete for no reason. Uh, the hardest part about that was figuring out what they were called. You know, you would Google like, you know, Monster, Happy Meal, whatever, and just, just finding, you know, and once I found the name Diener, uh, it became easier to find those. But after the Monster series, then there was a space series, and there was different robots and spaceships and stuff like that. And I have a complete collection of those, too, which means I'm crazy. Um, but again, eight different ones, five different colors. Uh, but man, was that an exciting time as a kid to go there every time to McDonald's and dig in and see which robot you were going to get or which uh, uh, you know dinosaur or whatever. And those things, uh, not only were they fun to collect, they were oddly satisfying to chew on. <laughs> I just remember gnawing on those things to, to, you know, I wonder how many of those I I've eaten pieces of <laughs> over the year, which I would drive collectors crazy today. I try not to eat them when I buy them now, cause they're too expensive to eat. Um, but, um, McDonald's had a ton of great toys throughout the years. And there were a lot of toys that they had that appealed to older kids, maybe in a nostalgic kind of way or ironic kind of way. Like I remember being older, but going to McDonald's because I wanted to collect all the inspector gadget toys. They gave away inspector gadget. That was a big giveaway. Uh, they gave away Furbies, little miniature Furbies for a while, uh, Furbies and beanie babies, which was a problem because adults that were collecting beanie babies would go through the drive through and, you know, just try to buy the Beanie Baby or they would buy, you know, a Happy Meal to get the Beanie Baby and then throw the Happy Meal away or just say, I don't want it. You know, they were just trying to buy the toys. So there's definitely been some uh, very collectible toys. I remember the favorite ones that I remember, uh, other than the, those little rubber monsters from Diener, was uh, uh, Muppet Babies. They had a Muppet Babies line where you could get a little Kermit or a little Fozzie. Um, so those were fun. And then, um, you know, another, oh, the McNugget buddies, which were when McNuggets came out and they were little miniature McNuggets that were also, um, uh, interchangeable. They had interchangeable pieces, almost like a Mr. Potato head. So you can mix and match their eyeballs and stuff like that. Those were fun. Uh, one of the earliest toys that I remember getting from a McDonald's happy meal was this fake watch. And, and it, it wrapped around your wrist and snapped just like a real watch. It was all plastic, but where the face piece was popped open and you could put change in there. And I remember thinking, what a cool thing. So I would always, and I, I think it held about three coins. <laughs> so if ever I were, you know, if I had quarters, if ever I needed 75 cents in an emergency, I would have it right there uh, on my wrist. So I don't think those come in adult sizes, but that would be a cool thing to uh, to get. First I got Pinky, then I got Pinky. I got Pinky and Patty in the same week. 
What, Vanessa, catch something? Teeny Beanie Baby Ice. Now at McDonald's, your kids can get Teeny Beanie Babies and a Happy Meal. Real Thai Beanie Babies in a mini size. To toss, tuck, or just plain love. One's in each $1.99 hamburger Happy Meal you buy your kids. This uh, Teeny Beanie baby itis, will she outgrow it? Not necessarily. <laughs> McDonald's also has extra value meals starting at $2.99. After all, we care about big kids, too. Now, the Happy Meal was not the only reason to go to McDonald's. A big reason to go to McDonald's was the McDonald's playground. Now, the closest McDonald's to me uh, was one that was located, it's still there, on Council Road. And they had an indoor restaurant and an outdoor playground, and that was pretty common. But the one on Meridian, which was just a few miles away, had an indoor playground. The McDonald's was really long, and... You know, the back half was, of course, the restaurant. And then there was almost like a, you know, a line, a wall. And it was glass. And then you came out into the playground, which was still part of the building. It was all indoors. I remember as a kid climbing up to the top of one of the slides and looking back and looking down on everything and seeing all the kids, all the, the you know, Playground equipment, I, don't, I guess they're not rides, but you know that, seeing the people. And I just have this memory of watching Willy Wonka and when the kids first open the door and go into the chocolate factory and they see the chocolate river and they see all the, the candy, it, it's the exact same feeling to me. It's the exact same memory. I remember looking down and thinking like, this is Willy Wonka. That's what this is. It's It's... Everything was something you could ride on or climb on, and there was food, and there was just people laughing and having a good time. And I have a very strong uh, connection between Willy Wonka and the McDonald's playground. the The playground inside uh, the Meridian location, the indoor one. First of all, there was a long train that you sat inside to eat. Uh, now, if you were lucky, I mean, you got out there first. There was, you know, the engine and you could sit up at the very front and every one of these were like plastic hard molded with a little hard molded table in front of you. So you would slide into this little booth, but it looked like a train on wheels. And then behind it were all the different cars and you would go sit in a car and slide in. So you only got in on one side and then there was a little, you know, plastic, uh, it's not plastic. I guess it's all fiberglass, a fiberglass table in front of you. And you would sit inside this train and eat. Like, how exciting is that? To go to McDonald's and sit inside a train and eat. Um, then there were, if you're not, if you weren't of this age, these things may sound very plain or very crazy, but they really get me excited. And they're really, I have a strong, strong nostalgic connection uh, with the McDonald's playland. First of all, there were these um, seats that you could sit on that were on springs. And you could rock back and forth, and, and uh, there was a little handle, and then each one was like a head uh, in front of you, you know. And some would be a fry guy, so some were fry guys. Some their head just looked like a hamburger or a cheeseburger. Um, those are pretty lame, <laughs> like for little kids to sit on. But I definitely rode on some of those. Um, then they had a merry-go-round, uh, which you had to get on there, and, and you know somebody had to push, so there'd be the bigger kids would be pushing it around in circles and the little kids would get on. And then it had somebody's head 
in the middle. I don't remember who it was, but uh, the part that you sat on was was all metal, and then the part in the middle was all fiberglass. And really, the goal was to get it to spin fast enough to sling kids off and go flying. Uh, I should mention that the entire playground, the indoor one, I guess a lot of the outdoor ones were like this too, but it was completely covered in AstroTurf. And it was the kind where if you slid on it like an inch, it would just take your skin off. So I remember so many times what they should have given away in Happy Meals was Band-Aids because I remember like getting slung off of that merry-go-round and just hitting that AstroTurf and sliding on my elbows and just feeling the skin scrape off. You know, I remember just... Just every time, like every time we went, I remember coming home bleeding and I didn't care. It was so great. Um, there were teeter totters, which uh, I only remember because uh, I had a friend that every time we went, he would say, no, 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 I'm not going to get off while you're up in the air. And then he would, you know, so you'd come crashing down. Um, they had a giant Captain Crook slide that you would climb up these stairs, uh, go all the way to the top and then. Um, it was a, a spiral slide that you would go all the way down. And of course there'd always be the kids that were trying to go up the slide and then kids coming down the slide. So there was, it was a recipe for, for children to get hurt. And I mean, when you, if you look up the Captain Crook slide now and just imagine kids falling off that, like the whole thing is metal and just designed to hurt children. <laughs> it's no surprise looking back that all these things are gone now. Um, but it was a different time. It was the seventies where, you know, if you got hurt, you deserved it. <laughs> if you got hurt, if you fell off a slide, then your parents would go, well, I guess you shouldn't fall off slides, huh? You know? And then you go, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> it was more of a personal responsibility. You didn't sue McDonald's because you climbed up something and jump off it and hurt your ankle. Uh, you know, it, it was just, it was just a different time, you know? Um, and speaking of different times, another thing was this giant grimace, that was on a big spring. And when I say giant, I mean, you could probably get, I don't know, seven or eight kids inside this thing. And then it had metal bars all the way around the outside. So you would just stand inside this giant hollow grimace and rock it back and forth as hard as you could. And of course the goal being to get somebody to break loose of their grip and then smash their head into the metal bars. So that was fun. Um, and then the, over in the corner, there was this thing. It was like a hollow, Officer Big Mac. So you crawled in through his body, which was, I mean, seems like inside, I mean, like a metal barrel almost, if you can imagine that, with a ladder. And then you got up into Officer Big Mac's head, which was kind of like a donut. It's this big round thing, and you could go around the outside of it, but the ladder continued up into Officer Big Mac's hat. And there was only enough room for one kid. So if you were the kid that was up in there, I mean, there's nobody else. And there's a hole in the top of his hat or in the, the front of his hat. And so if you climbed all the way up the ladder in there, you could stick your head through that little hole and hope that some kid below you didn't yank your feet off the ladder, which I remember happening and going crashing down and, and thinking I was going to die. So that was fun. In the 70s, that was fun. That's what we did. And in the front of the playground and in other areas of the playground, were statues, these big, again, I, I, I guess they're um, uh, fiberglass and, and, and reinforced metal, but there was a statue of Ronald McDonald. He would just stand there and smile and watch over 
the whole playground, you know, and, and kids would go up and, and see him and smile. And, and you still see these around some places, but not very often anymore. Some, they're almost treated like museum pieces when I see them now, like they might be, you know, walled off in an area where, where you can't touch them. You can look at them, but you can't touch them. But at the time, I mean, people go in there and, and practice their karate on them <laughs> or punch them or whatever else, you know, I mean, but, but uh, it was like, like that was who was watching. Like the parents weren't watching. Ronald McDonald was watching, and he would watch you play on all that. And I, I mean, I, I hate to say it, but I, I remember the McDonald's playground more than I remember. Not more. That's not fair. But as much as I remember the playground at my school growing up, like it was such a part of my childhood of going there. And I, I just, um, uh, it's a bummer that that the kids growing up today don't have that. And I, I realize that, again, a lot of these things were, were removed due to safety reasons, but uh, it's just such a, a big part of my childhood. I'll never forget it. Now, speaking of my childhood, I think I was in second grade when I went on my first field trip to McDonald's. Now, I looked on Google Maps, and this is a 1.2-mile walk, which I don't think is you know, super far, especially not for kids. Kids have lots of energy, but, um, our two classes, my, my school had two second grade classes. So the classroom across from us and my classroom, the teachers and maybe an assistant lined us up and we walked 1.2 miles from my school down to the local McDonald's. And, I remember going in and you know getting a tour, and of course we all knew what the dining room looked like at McDonald's, but then we got to go behind the counter and you got to see where they made the fries and where they made the burgers, and it was so magical. And I just remember, you know, thinking about that play school playset where you could put people back there and make make the food, and this was it. This was where it was made. It was very very special. And I'll never forget there was a uh, set of steps that went down and there was a freezer in the basement. And so we went down into the basement, into the freezer, and I was so worried about getting locked in this door or something um, that I, I was really concerned about that. But uh, that that was a big memory. And then I think we got, um, you know, free ice cream or, or, you know, maybe we got had to bring food. I don't remember. But I do remember playing on the playground a little bit and then, you know, everybody – walking back to the school, but, uh, that was a, a really, you know, and over time, I, I think, you know, I know my kids went on field trips to, um, pizza places where they got a free personal pan pizza and stuff like that. But, um, but McDonald's, as we'll talk about very shortly, uh, was very good in their marketing and very good and maybe too good at marketing, uh, towards children, which I don't know if this was a part of that or not part of an outreach thing, but, um, you know, once you had been back there, of course you came home and you would say, Hey mom, I want to go to McDonald's. I know what the kitchen's like, you know? So uh, there was a lot of, a lot of McDonald's marketing geared towards children. Introducing chicken McNuggets. McDonald's McNuggets. A McNugget is a boneless chunk of tender tasty chicken with four kinds of sauce to choose especially for dipping. Barbecue. Sweet and sour. Cause you deserve a break today. With chicken cooked McDonald's way. McNuggets. 
I remember the day it was in 1983 that we were we were in my mom's station wagon. That's what I remember. And we were in the back end. Me and uh, my buddy Andy were in the very back end, and then kids were in the middle row of seats. And uh, my mom and someone else, maybe uh, Andy's mom, was in the front seat. And we had gone to McDonald's. We were in the drive-thru, and a lady was standing outside with this little tray, and she asked us if we wanted to try a new product. And this new product that they were about to introduce was called the Chicken Nugget. And it was just a small little nugget of chicken. And they had them uh, – they, they served them with uh, toothpicks. And they had dipping sauces. And I don't remember if they were the same dipping sauces they have today. It seems like maybe there was, uh, you know, the sweet and sour and, and whatever. But um, uh, I remember them rolling down the windows and us all getting a free McNugget and just uh, how this was a, a new thing. I think this was the, the first time I remember, uh, and it wouldn't have been the first time in my lifetime, but it's the first memory I have of McDonald's changing of them introducing a new food product, you know, uh, and having the, that, um, McNugget, you know, eventually McNuggets got added to a choice in happy meals. So now if you take your kid, you could get a hamburger, cheeseburger, or I think a four piece McNugget. Uh, so that, that was a change. And then this introduced the character of birdie, who was a new character, uh, who got added to all the other, uh, you know, McDonald land characters. And of course, birdie, began appearing in commercials to advertise the Chicken McNuggets. And later, Chicken McNuggets uh, were characters themselves, and they appeared on commercials and stuff, and they were very cute. And, and uh, uh, But that was the first time I remember seeing uh, Birdie. But more importantly, that was the first time I remember McDonald's adding something to the menu, and I thought it was very special that we got to um, <laughs> to try Chicken McNuggets before they were on the menu. Now, speaking of special moments, there was nothing better as a kid than actually having your birthday at McDonald's. Now, I talked about the Meridian McDonald's location. Inside the dining room was a biplane. The biplane was made of fiberglass. This was a McDonald's biplane. This was not a a replica of an actual plane. Uh, If you were lucky... Again, you could sit in the front cockpit and there was enough room for two kids and you would sit in the cockpit and eat. And then I think there were three or four more seats lined up behind the cockpit where kids could get into at a time. But my my biggest memory is that the wings that spread out had stools at them and the wings were actually tables. And so you could sit at the wing and actually eat you know, on the biplay wing using that as your table. But I went there one time for my birthday. And of course, if you were the birthday kid, you get to sit in the front of the biplane. I don't know what happened if there was other kids that maybe they, they um, taped it off or something like reserved it for a birthday. I don't remember, but, uh, but I do remember sitting in the front of the biplane and having that be a big deal. And McDonald's, every McDonald's used to sell, birthday cakes. Now, it is a little known fact that some McDonald's do still sell the cakes. It is not on the menu and you have to ask. Now, this became a big thing, I guess, earlier this year, or maybe last year, because someone on TikTok found this out and went and asked and actually got a cake. For my 40th birthday, 
I mentioned it to my wife, and my wife called around all the McDonald's and found a local McDonald's that still has the birthday cakes. They're nine dollars, and it's a little sheet cake, and uh, uh, and it has a basically a picture. It's a you, the cakes are either vanilla or chocolate. The icing is vanilla. It's all white, and then there's a picture of Ronald McDonald on top of the cake. So you do have to ask around. I'm not pulling your leg if you know it, because if you call a McDonald's and say, "Do you have birthday cakes?" They might hang up on you because there's so many people that don't know about them. But some McDonald's do still have the cake, so they are a very generic kind of cake. I remember them being frozen. I I, I have since you know older. I know that they have ice cream cakes, and these were not ice cream cakes, but they stored them in the freezer. So when they brought it out, they were really cold. The icing was hard. I remember that just because it was frozen. Um, but I do remember, I have a vivid memory of sitting on the front of a biplane in the Meridian McDonald's, having a piece, you know, corner piece, of course, because it's your birthday, right? Uh, having a piece of that cold, hard cake. And I had one when I was 40 years old. My wife tracked one down for me. It was a, it was a very nostalgic and a very memorable uh, birthday cake. And unfortunately, that particular location has closed, so I don't have a source anymore for McDonald's cakes. But uh, again, I'm not I'm not uh, pulling your leg. If you ask your local McDonald's, they may look at you like you're crazy. But if you ask enough of them, you may find a local McDonald's that still offers birthday cakes for nine dollars. Now, there are two things I wanted to talk about that I wrote down in my outline. One was commercials, and the other one was food items. And it seemed like those things were so intertwined that I thought I would talk about them at the same time. As I mentioned before, McDonald's did a great job of marketing. And you might even say that McDonald's was better at marketing than they were at making food. I, 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 don't, I don't know that that's true, but they were geniuses in both. Uh, they made a food. They they made fast food. If you haven't watched the, uh, um, oh gosh, what's the name of that movie? The Founder. Yeah. Uh, if you haven't watched that, it's a really good look into Ray Kroc and of course the uh, the McDonald's. Uh, you know the birth of McDonald's and and all the things that they went into to streamline uh, production of food and to make food that was, uh, easy to eat. And, uh, you know, just, just all the genius stuff that they did. But one of the brilliant things that they did was in their marketing. Um, one of my earliest memories was of people seeing the menu. Uh, and there was, uh, uh multiple different commercials. And one of the most memorable ones to me was, um, I guess, what's known as the Hopscotch song. Big Today. 
there wasn't a kid in my school who couldn't sing that song. And I dare say that a lot of people that grew up in the 70s and 80s can still sing that song. That was a jingle that was drilled into our heads through commercials, through advertising, Big Mac, filet of fish quarter pounder, French fries. Everybody knew that little jingle, you know. Everybody, every kid who was a smart aleck would step up to the counter and they would say, hi, what would you like? And you would go, Big Mac, filet of fish quarter pounder, French fries. You know, everybody knew that, you know. Um, that, in fact, that commercial um, was redone in multiple markets and throughout the years it was modified. There's a commercial of um, uh, kids doing it for double Dutch. There's, um, you know, it, it's just been redone over and over. And so uh, it, it was burned into our brains. Uh, not too long after that, if you remember in the 70s and 80s, there was a time where, of course, when vinyl records were uh, the most popular way to distribute music uh, and the most, and the cheapest, I would say uh, that there were not paper, but very thin plastic or vinyl. I don't know what they're made out of uh, records that you could, they wouldn't play forever, you know, but you could play them for a little while. And they were McDonald's distributed these records. They had another song that listed most of the things on their menu. Good morning, class. Today we're going to learn the McDonald's menu song and give a listener out there a chance to win a million dollars. So, repeat after me. Repeat after me. No, no. No, no. Oh, okay. Okay. Here goes. Here goes. Big Mac McDLT, a quarter pounder with some cheese, filet, a fish, a hamburger, a cheeseburger, a happy meal, McNuggets, tasty golden french fries, regular or larger size, a salad, chef or garden, or a chicken salad, oriental, big big breakfast, egg McMuffin, hot hot cakes and sausage, maybe biscuits, bacon, egg and cheese, or sausage, Danish hash two and four, dessert, hot apple pies and Sundays. So this was featured in commercials, but it was also part of the record. And so you would get this record, you would go to McDonald's, and I don't remember if you get, if they gave it or if you had to pay for it. It seems like they gave it away. But you would go home and then on the record, and the record's available on YouTube, uh, that the guy singing the song, he would sing the whole song. And then there was a whole crowd of people that would try to sing it back. And if they sing it back perfectly, you could win a million dollars. But if, uh, you know, they messed up and, and on every record I ever heard, they messed up on, uh, that, uh, uh, they didn't win anything. But now, uh, you know, just listening to the record is nostalgic enough in itself. Now, one item that I don't remember any specific commercials for is probably the basic, the most basic thing on a McDonald's menu, uh, which is the hamburger or cheeseburger, which of course is the same as the hamburger, just with a slice of cheese on it. You get uh, meat. Uh, if it's a cheeseburger, you get cheese. You get a little squirt of ketchup. You get a pickle. And you get a little sprinkling of onions. When I was a kid, that was the blandest food that I could think of. Uh, and probably my parents as well. And so I remember many times if we were on a road trip or we were out and I said that my stomach hurt or my tummy was upset, I would get for dinner a McDonald's hamburger and a Sprite. And my parents would say that will, you know, and that won't upset your stomach. And I think that the theory was that the hamburger was so bland, it wouldn't upset your stomach and the Sprite would help settle it. Um, 
I don't know that that's true or not, but I can tell you this. If I have an upset stomach to this day, if we're out, my wife's picking up dinner or something, that's what I will get. I will go to my McDonald's and I will get, you know, a couple of McDonald's hamburgers and I will get a Sprite. And that is my, um, I think, you know, traditionally people think of chicken noodle soup if they're sick and not feeling good. But I always think about a McDonald's hamburger uh, and a Sprite. And for some reason that would always, uh, you know, calm my stomach a little bit. The... McDonald's hamburger. I can't think about the McDonald's hamburger or the cheeseburger without thinking about my dad's theory. And my dad's theory forever about McDonald's success is that he says it's the type of food that you can eat with one hand while you're driving with the other hand. So, you know, if you think about driving through even, you know, we have drive through pizza. Right, you could go to Little Caesars and and get a pizza, but it's pretty hard to eat a slice of pizza while you're driving. It can be done. I'm sure I've done it, <laughs> but it's not easy, you know, and it's definitely not clean. It's the same thing, you know, with eating a taco from Taco Bell or someplace. You're gonna get cheese in the floorboard. You're gonna get lettuce on you, but a McDonald's hamburger, you can unwrap that thing and eat a McDonald's hamburger. It's not gonna get messy. It's not gonna get on you. Things aren't gonna fall off. And uh, you can eat it while you're driving. And so that has been uh, always been my dad's theory behind McDonald's successes, that they invented food that you could eat with one hand while you were driving. Now, something that you can't eat with one hand while you're driving from McDonald's is a Big Mac. Now, again, the Big Mac, if you don't know what's on a Big Mac, you didn't grow up in the early 80s because we heard this commercial so many times that every kid could recite to you what was on a Big Mac. McDonald's Big Mac, it's more than just another hamburger. There are two all-beef patties, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, and onions on a sesame seed bun. Seven great ingredients working together to make one great taste. Two all-beef patties, special sauce, cheese, lettuce, pickles, onions on a sesame seed bun. Get the idea? Two all-beef patties, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions, and a sesame seed bun. It's your McDonald's Big Mac. You've got to taste it to believe it, you know what I mean? Two all-beef patties, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions, and a sesame seed bun. Two all-beef patties... Let me say a few words about McDonald's Big Mac. It's a, it's, it's... Two all-beef patties, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions, and a sesame seed bun. Two all... Well, what, what was that word again? Two all-beef patties, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions, and a sesame seed bun. Lettuce, cheese, cheese, pickles, onions, lettuce, uh, cheese, pickles, oh, what am I saying? You deserve a break today at McDonald's. Where your dollar gets a break every day. That's right. Two all-beef patties, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions, and a sesame seed bun. Uh, as a kid, I don't think I ate a lot of Big Macs. Um, probably they were too big for a kid to eat. Uh, I'm not sure that I like sesame seed buns as a kid. Um, I don't know that I would pick them off per se, but uh, and I didn't like that much lettuce. So uh, I don't know that a Big Mac – I think that was more – like I think of Big Macs as being the the sandwich that dad would get. Like dads would get Big Macs and moms would get quarter pounders. And quarter pounder, of course, a lot of people know uh quarter pounder. If you say quarter pounder, they think of the joke from uh pulp fiction. You know, how does a quarter pounder translate <laughs> uh overseas to places that, that don't uh that don't recognize what what a pound is? But but a quarter pounder, you know, is, of course, a little bit less. And when I think of a quarter pounder, I, again, 
I think of what great marketing because a quarter pound is four ounces and that four ounces is pre-cooking weight. So a quarter pounder is not that much meat. But if you say a quarter pounder, you know, you think, wow, that's a big burger. Where, of course, nowadays, I mean, if you went to, you know, five guys, uh, you know, you're probably going to get, I don't know how much meat's on there, but I would guess it's a pound, you know, so it's, it's so much more than a quarter pounder, but it's just a, a great marketing, uh, idea. A quarter pounder is, is almost like a Big Mac, but just with, uh, um, you know, one layer kind of instead of two. Uh, I talked about McNuggets as a kid eating McNuggets. Uh, I remember when I was in high school and I kind of got to that age where I was driving and I had that teenage bottomless stomach. And I remember going through McDonald's and ordering 20 piece McNuggets just for myself. And, you know, you get all your dipping sauces and I would just drive around, like cruise around in my car up and down uh, Route 66 and, and cruise around in circles to go see my friends. And, and I'd have a box of chicken nuggets in the passenger seat. And uh, sometimes I'd eat them all. Sometimes I wouldn't eat them all. But I, I believe they were $5 or less than $5. So it was, you know, super affordable, uh, you know, way to stuff yourself. Um, I got into eating filet of fish for a while. I believe filet of fish was introduced um, because of Lent. Uh, that, that may not be a hundred percent true, but that's, that's what I remember. Uh, I, I know that, uh, their sales go up, uh, during, uh, during that time of year. But, uh, uh, of course, filet of fish, like when you're a kid, I don't know, like filet of fish was a weird thing. Like I never ordered it. And then at some point, maybe in my early twenties, I started ordering filet of fishes because I got sick of everything else. Like I was so tired of McNuggets and, and, you know, so I wanted to try, uh, something else. And so I would order uh, a filet of fish. And then in the, um, I don't remember where that was, I believe it was the 90s when Billy Bass was a big thing. And there was a popular uh, filet of fish uh, <laughs> commercial that really uh, brought filet of fish back to the public attention. Give me back that filet of fish. Give me that fish. Give me back that filet of fish. Give me that fish. What if that were you hanging up on this wall? If it were you in that sandwich, you wouldn't be laughing at all. Right now, you can enjoy two tasty filet of fish sandwiches for just $3.33. Two filet of fish for $3.33. Only at McDonald's. Another sandwich they used to have that uh, was very popular my mom really loved these was the mcdlt uh again this is a song that had its own commercial that everybody knew the mcdlt was going to come in two things uh it came in a styrofoam container that kept the hot side hot and the cool side cool mcdonald's new mcdlt it could be the best tasting lettuce and tomato hamburger ever you get a hot side hot you get a cool side cool New McDLT and the hot stays and the cool stays. New McDLT. New McDLT. Come on in and try McDonald's new McDLT for the everyday low price of just a dollar forty-nine. We think you'll agree. McDLT could be the best hamburger value ever. I went to the um, one of the Smithsonian museums. I took my kids. We were in Washington D.C. and there was a 
a whole section at the Smithsonian on food. And in the, the back part of that display, they showed some of McDonald's old containers. And so if you remember in the late 70s, I mean, for a long time, uh, all the McDonald's burgers came in styrofoam clamshells. You know, the Big Mac came in a, a styrofoam clamshell and, and all these things. And the McDLT was probably the, the biggest offender. It was a big, wide uh, container, you know, because it was the size to hold two burgers. You had the hot side, you had the cold side. And, um, you know, now when people look back, I mean, this is kind of a, a waste, you know, when it comes to, uh, to litter and to trash and recycling, it was not things that were easily recycled. These styrofoam containers, of course, now if you get a, a big Mac, you know, either they come in a, a, a paper, a kind of a heavier duty paper clamshell that has been folded. Um, but nothing, nothing comes in a styrofoam, uh, container anymore. I don't remember what the big breakfast comes on. It may have a styrofoam plate in the bottom or something, but you know, there used to be a lot of styrofoam at McDonald's. And so it was weird at the Smithsonian seeing that it's weird seeing anything in a museum that you remember. <laughs> Isn't that strange? Like they go in the days of old people use these and I go, how do they not still have those? <laughs> it seems like I just had a styrofoam container at McDonald's, but, uh, but yeah, that was the, the McDLT again, you know, uh, once again, a very catchy jingle telling people what it's all about. Um, but I think the styrofoam container, the packaging kind of killed that idea. Then there's the McRib. I think a lot of people know about the McRib. That's really the latest thing that I know of that McDonald's introduced to their menu that really stayed on the menu. I do have a funny story about the McRib. Uh, a, f a friend of mine, a high school friend of mine, um, got a job at a meat packing, uh, company here in Oklahoma. Now, it turns out McRibs are only made in two places. There are only two factories in the country that make McRibs, and one of them is located about 10 miles from me in Oklahoma City. And so this high school friend of mine got a job at that meat packing plant, and I hadn't talked to this friend in a long time, probably a decade after high school. And uh, we reconnected, and he showed up at my house, and I'm trying to remember if we had if he showed up out of the blue, I just don't remember, but, uh, um, but we reconnected and he brought with him a case of McRibs, frozen McRib patties and asked me if I wanted it. And I said, um, sure, <laughs> why not? And so, uh, this was at a time when my wife and I were not making much money and we had this giant cardboard box case uh, that we emptied out and stacked McRibs. I don't remember how many were in this box. I, I mean, uh, I don't know, 50 McRibs, something like that. And uh, maybe 48. That's a, a kind of a, a fast food round number. And the whole freezer was full of McRibs. And we ate McRibs for months. Uh, you know, you'd get up in the morning and warm up a McRib and cut it up and put it in with your eggs. And for lunch, we'd have a McRib sandwich, you know. And, and uh, I mean, we were broke. I would cut up McRib. And put it in with ramen noodles, and then you'd have <laughs> gross McRib ramen noodles, whatever you know. We were we were glad to have it, and then a few months later, the same friend showed up with another case of McRibs and asked me if I wanted some more McRibs, and and um, you know I've told the story both ways. I don't really remember right now whether I said yes or no. I do feel like uh, we took the second case of McRibs. Uh, and then, uh, I didn't hear from this friend for a while. And then I saw this friend out one day 
and he was delivering uh, Coke products. He was driving a Coke truck and had a hand cart. And I just ran into him, I think, outside a, a grocery store. And um, I, I said, oh, you, you changed jobs? And he said, yeah. And I said, well, what happened? And he said, I got fired for stealing McRibs. <laughs> I love that story. <laughs> so I was I was dealing in fenced McRibs. Um, so there you go. I didn't steal the McRibs, but I did eat them and I enjoyed them. Um, I, you know, McRib is, is one of the things that McDonald's, I don't know that this, I guess it does work. Uh, McDonald's again is masters of marketing and I don't know if this had to do with their sales or whatever, but they've, uh, they remove McRibs from their menu and they only bring them out during the, the Christmas holiday season. And, uh, Usually every year I will go get a McRib, you know, and it used to be like, uh, I don't know, several years ago, five years ago, maybe like when they started doing this, I would, I would eat as many McRibs as I could stomach during that time. You know, McRib is kind of a fake pork, uh, meat and, and they put their, their barbecue McRib sauce on it and some pickles and onions and stuff. And it's really messy. It's hard to eat in the car, but, um, over the past few years, and I don't, it's not McDonald's food, all of McDonald's food, but the McRib specifically, it just doesn't taste right to me. And I don't know if they've changed the recipe. I don't know what's happened, but, uh, um, you know, during the, the holidays, like this year, I got a McRib. And then uh, later, my wife said, Hey, you want to go get a McRib? And I'm like, No, I'm good for the year. Like I had one and it quenched that little, you know, whatever, it checked that box off, but I, I didn't need a second one. Uh, and, uh, next year, I don't even know that I'll have one at all, to be honest. Uh, uh, again, it, it's a good marketing thing. You know, it, it makes you think, oh, it's a limited time. So you got to go get one. But, uh, once I've had one, I'm, I'm really good. Um, McDonald's has been known of course for their desserts. They offer milkshakes. Uh, you can also get a milkshake as a malt. When my dad would go to McDonald's, he would always get a vanilla malt, which he loves, um, you could get a little hot fudge sundae, which is their soft serve uh, ice cream with uh, hot chocolate on top. And then you get a little tiny package of nuts that you could. They used to ask you, do you want nuts or no nuts on there? But now you just get a little plastic uh, container of nuts and apply if you like those. And of course, they have ice cream cones, um, you know, the little soft serve cones, which my wife really likes. Um McDonald's has done a good job of competing with uh, coffee, coffee houses like Starbucks and things like that. Uh, McDonald's coffee is 99 cents any size, and that is a staple of my morning when I go to work. When I commute to work, I find a McDonald's, and I drive past that, and I always get a coffee and uh, a breakfast item. So I I, I tend to do breakfasts when I'm out uh, going to work. I love a good McDonald's breakfast. Now, for a while... Uh, and they still have them. They've kind of pushed this new um, McCafe thing, which where you could get, um, I think, lattes and and other specialty drinks. But they're not particularly cheap, and that's what I think about McDonald's. Is like I like the idea that I could get a large coffee for ninety nine cents uh, versus have one being over five dollars at Starbucks. Uh, and you can argue that Starbucks tastes better or is better, or whatever. But not to me. I, it doesn't. Coffee's coffee to me. So a 99 cent coffee, uh, especially when you pull up and say, you know, I want, you know, some cream and Splenda and it's 99 cents, then uh, that's good enough for me. Uh, Now, breakfast. 
I remember as a kid, I mean, the big breakfast, which is the thing that has sausage and biscuits and, and some fake scrambled eggs. Um, that was a thing and they still sell that, but I think their biggest breakfast items, uh, and it's the same theory that my dad has for, uh, the hamburgers and the cheeseburgers, which is that they're easy to eat in the car are their McMuffins. Now I have a big problem <laughs> with McDonald's naming system when it comes to McMuffins, a normal McMuffin, which has egg and a slice of ham and cheese is called an egg McMuffin, okay? But if you don't want the ham, they have a different one that has sausage. That's called a sausage McMuffin. Okay, that makes no sense because the other one should then be called a ham McMuffin. It should not be called an egg McMuffin because they both have egg. <laughs> That's stupid. <laughs> and I don't know how many times that has caused confusion. You go through the drive-thru and say, I want a sausage McMuffin, and then they go, Oh, you want an egg McMuffin with sausage or without the ham? Or no, I, I mean it's your naming conventions. Not I didn't make it up. You guys made this up. It shouldn't be called an egg McMuffin. It should be called a ham McMuffin. So if there's anybody from McDonald's corporate Hamburglar, if you're out there, if you could get my message to McDonald's, change the name of the egg McMuffin to a ham McMuffin, please. Um, they also had the McGriddle, which I had once or twice, and it is basically a breakfast sandwich with waffles instead of bread. And that it's just too much. It's too much bread. It's too much everything for me. I'm, I'm not, uh, I'm not a fan of the McGriddle, but what I am a fan of is the McDonald's breakfast burrito, which is scrambled eggs, a little bit of sausage, and, um, you can get mild or hot sauce. And I believe those are 99 cents. So many, many times on the way to work, I will get two breakfast burritos and a large coffee and it's, uh, you know, with tax a little over $3 and, uh, I don't always eat both burritos, but I, sometimes I eat one and a half and I figure, you know, at 99 cents, I'm okay with that. <laughs> I'm okay. But, but, uh, breakfast burrito has the same advantage that the uh, McMuffins have. You can drive in the car and eat a breakfast burrito. Now, another memory I have of being a kid, and this was a huge deal, was McDonald's Monopoly. This was a Monopoly board that you would get or that you would see. And as you went through uh, McDonald's and you bought a drink, or I guess they were also on the fries, different uh, containers. But when you bought things, you would get a little peel off sticker and it would be a piece of the Monopoly board. And so uh, there are different parts of Monopoly board, like, okay, whatever, this little green area. And if you get these three green things, you could win a big prize. Um, but sometimes you just won, you know, you would unrip it and it would say, hey, a free large fries or a free Big Mac or whatever. So you would save those. So I remember using my mom, using the center of the drink holder in her car would just be full of those little tabs, you know. And you were always uh, going to McDonald's because you were getting free things from McDonald's. So again, great uh, marketing thing. Uh, but the real thing was you really wanted to get, I guess it's a boardwalk and park place. I think that's what it is. If you got those two, you win like a million dollars or something. If you have not watched McMillions on Netflix, you should totally watch that. It is a six series documentary about how for many years uh, the Monopoly – contest was rigged 
and how people on the inside were able to get winning tickets and separate it. And basically, I mean, the mob was involved. It's a big, huge story and get those two unsuspecting or not unsuspecting, but uh, people that were unrelated to the mob that would then cash them in and then get the winnings and then pay a big chunk of that back to the mob. Uh, it's an amazing story. And if you, it was a big deal a couple of years ago, that was the last big thing I remember before, um, uh, Tiger King, <laughs> I think Tiger King um, knocked uh, the McMillions thing off. But uh, if you didn't catch that and you're interested in that, you should go back and watch McMillions um, on Netflix. When I was 16 and looking for a job, I thought about working at McDonald's. I thought about working at Taco Bell. And my dad gave me some advice. He said, you know, uh, people come through. Taco Bell and they might order 10 tacos, but if they go to a pizza place, they're only going to order one pizza. So it would be less work. And that logic made sense to me. So I ended up working uh, in the pizza industry. I worked at several different pizza restaurants uh, during my my late teens and, and even into college. But a friend of mine, my friend Justin, got a job at McDonald's. That was his first job. He worked at multiple different McDonald's. He worked at one and then, uh, you know, worked his way up and worked at uh, other McDonald's. Uh, I remember I, he invited me to a party one time. Some friends of his were having a party and I went there and it was all of his coworkers. And there was just all this um, talk about McDonald's, like inside lingo and, and, you know, putting down a six batch and things like that, that I didn't know what they meant, but it was just, you know, in, like I said, internal McDonald's references, you know, and I just remember there being a camaraderie of all these people, even the ones that worked at different stores, um, you know, could, could relate to one another. And I always thought that was really, uh, really cool. You know, um, I, I suppose pizza people could probably do the same thing, but there seems to be a lot less of us out there. Um, I remember him telling me a story one time about, uh, harassing a new employee or harassing is not the right word hazing let's say uh that some they had hired a, a new employee that was particularly annoying and um before my friend Justin reported to work um they had sent this kid down to the basement and told him that it was time to make the McDonald's cookies and so um to make the cookies they told him he needed flour which they had there in the store um, they needed, the big thing was that they needed sugar and you could only get the amount of sugar from sugar packets. And so he was opening hundreds of sugar packets to fill this thing full of sugar. Uh, and when Justin showed up to work, he went down in the basement and saw this kid and he was like, what are you doing? And the kid said, I'm, I'm making the, the cookie dough so that we can make the cookies, which of course, they don't make the cookies at McDonald's. They certainly don't make cookie dough there. Uh, and so they had just basically sent this kid <laughs> to get him out of their hair to make cookie dough by mixing flour and water and sugar packets. So uh, I think Justin was one that had to tell him that somebody had uh, uh, had pulled a trick on him and that uh, they don't actually make the cookies there in the restaurant. I do remember Justin telling me about Hamburger University, which is a real uh, university that is owned by McDonald's and managers and up and coming uh, potential managers and owners 
uh, of McDonald's locations go to. I've read that it is more difficult to get into Hamburger University than it is to get into real colleges. So there's a long waiting list, and and uh, it's really a prestigious thing to go to. There started uh, one location it was in Chicago, but now there are eight different hamburger universities that McDonald managers uh, could go to. And one of the biggest takeaways that Justin told me about um, hamburger university, he told me this story and it really, to me represents McDonald's attitude towards customers was they were given different situations um, to handle and role play. And one of the, um, possible scenarios was a customer comes up to the front counter with their tray of food and says, you know, they complain to the cashier that you, they didn't get their quarter pounder. And what do you do now the the key of the scenario is that on the tray in front of them is a quarter pounder. And so I, I don't remember if this was a multiple choice or if they were role playing this, I don't remember, but, um, the first thing was to point out, hey, there's a quarter pounder on your tray. Like, oh, there's your quarter pounder. But if the customer says, no, I didn't get it, the right answer is to turn around and get another quarter pounder. And if you have to, set it on top of the first quarter pounder, apologize, and send them on their way. And that is kind of the beauty <laughs> of McDonald's, you know. And you see all these videos today of, of people at, at fast food restaurants arguing, you know, I didn't get this or I didn't like this. And McDonald's has never, in my experience, has never been that way. If you went in and you said, you know what, I got a 20-piece McNugget and I only got 19, then they'll say, oh, sorry, here you go. Here's three or four extra. Here's a little, you know, to-go extra thing. Or I have gone through and I have said, um, and this is a big thing, uh, through the drive through speaker, it's very easy to mistake unsweet tea with a sweet tea. And so several times my wife and I have gone through McDonald's drive through and ordered unsweet tea. And they thought we said a sweet tea and we have gotten sweet teas. And one time I went through and I said, by the way, please make sure it's unsweet because a lot of times when we come here, that's what we say, but we get sweet tea. And when we pulled up, they apologized and they gave us free drinks, you know? So that's, I mean, that's the key to McDonald's. I don't think they want conflict. They don't want, they want your business, you know? And if that business costs a free quarter pounder or my God, how, how inexpensive is a, a cup of tea? You know, I think everybody knows that a soda, I, I remember people telling me that, you know, a soda costs five cents, like the cup costs more than the actual soda that's in your drink. You know what I mean? So if you're paying $2, I don't know if the cup costs a nickel and the soda costs less than that. I don't know if that's exactly right, but it, but it's something like that, you know? So to argue with somebody over a wrong drink, and they would much rather give you a drink and then, you know, send you on your way and, and, and have you be happy so that, you know, that you tell somebody else, oh yeah, they took care of me or that you're, you're not upset with them. So I just always, that story about the quarter pounder and giving somebody a second quarter pounder always um, and it always stuck with me, you know, and I think it kind of represents, you know, their attitude that, that they have towards customers. 
Um, I did want to throw this in, and, and I don't have a great story, but when I was uh, probably five years ago, maybe maybe a few more years than that, we went on a road trip out west, and one of the stops was in Roswell. We, we wanted to go to Roswell. I always wanted to go to Roswell, New Mexico, because of the famous UFO crash that was there. And while we were in Roswell, we had, you know, my kids were younger and we went through McDonald's and the entire town of Roswell, of course, is uh, all about tourism and people coming there for the UFOs. Again, you got the UFO museum. Uh, There was a restaurant that had a a UFO on top of it. There's aliens. I remember we saw a a Mexican restaurant that had aliens uh, on the side that were a mariachi band, but they were aliens playing instruments and stuff. So, so it's very kitschy and it, and it, you know, caters to the people that are coming in. But the McDonald's at Roswell, the entire length of the building is a mural of Ronald McDonald and Grimace and all the characters flying around in UFOs in outer space. And there's meteors and planets, uh, but the entire length of the building is a mural. And I just thought it was such an amazing thing. I took a ton of pictures while we were in the drive-thru, you know, getting close-up pictures of all the the different artwork. And I think we went around the building a second time just so I could take pictures and capture that. Uh, but it was really awesome to see that kind of combination, you know, when, when you have that crossover, that's always a, a fun thing. And you have the crossover of the UFO culture of Roswell, but also of McDonald's. I, I always really enjoyed that. When you go to McDonald's for all those good things to eat and drink, be sure you stop and think about what to do when you're through. Don't forget to feed the wastebaskets, because they're hungry too. That's right, we are, and we'd like to ask a favor of you. Would you mind letting us have the paper, please, when you're through? So first of all, let's talk a little bit about McDonald's today. Well, first of all, to me, McDonald's is not as special as it was when I was a child. When I was a kid, we would load up in the car and go to McDonald's. It was a destination. But now today, you know, it seems like there's a McDonald's on every corner. I did have a a path I could drive to work. It was a little bit out of my way. But to make a point, I remember that if I took this particular path, I could drive past five different McDonald's and my work is about 20 miles away. Um, when, when I leave my house, there are two McDonald's. Each one is about three miles away one to the East, one to the West. So depending on which way I go, I will always drive past the McDonald's. And in fact, um, if I go South, which is towards town, uh, I will also pass a McDonald's. So any direction I drive from my house, uh, within a few miles, I will hit a McDonald's. So it, it's not that that rarity. You know, as a kid, again, I associated those golden arches as being almost like a, a oasis in the desert, this magical place. And it doesn't seem like that anymore to me. Uh, it just seems like a one of many fast food places. I have a lot of memories of taking my kids 
to McDonald's. I think one of the biggest things is that their food is bland. It's not super spicy and it's not something that people have to agree on. So it's not like taking your kids out to pizza and having one that only likes cheese and one that only likes pepperoni and one that doesn't like pizza at all. They just want the breadsticks. You know, everybody could get their own happy meal. I remember many times of my wife going out of town and our McDonald's was just, uh, had just implemented free Wi-Fi, And so I would take my laptop and I would take my kids and turn them loose in the McDonald's playland uh, and let them play while I would sit there on my laptop and, and work or check email or whatever I was doing. But it was uh, a good way. It was a safe place where I could turn my kids loose and let them burn off whatever energy they had and until they were exhausted. And then we could come home and again, order those, those simple happy meals. You know, you ask a kid, all right, you want hamburger, cheeseburger, or, or McNuggets. And that's the only choices, everything else, you know, they get their own drink or whatever. I don't know if this is true or not, but it seems to me that McDonald's does more special orders than I had as a kid. Now, this may have just been something that my parents did. Like, I remember me telling my mom, hey, I want a cheeseburger, but I don't like the pickle. And then she would say, well, pick it off. (laughs) And so I don't know in the early 80s, could you order a cheeseburger, hold the pickle? I, I just don't know. I know you could do it now because my kids will order um, hamburgers without the onions, like no no pickle or onions. Now I think they, they pretty much do. Actually, now they get um, either the McDouble or a quarter pounder, which doesn't have the stuff on it that they don't like. But um, So I don't really remember if they didn't do special orders or just my parents <laughs> did not do special orders. Um, but it does seem like they're a little bit more friendly to customizing the food, uh, at least than what I experienced as a kid. Now, I talked all about the playgrounds and how much I love that. And the playground that I grew up with is just a memory. It's They're gone. Um, they changed. It was always called McDonald's Playland or Playground or whatever. But in uh, starting in 1987, uh, they began removing those and rebranding them as the Play Place. And they took out all the old things and they replaced them with these giant bubble tubes that kids could climb through. And that's definitely um, the McDonald's that's here in my town, which is right on Route 66 uh, in Yukon. They took out the old play stuff and they put in that big tube thing. So I remember uh, the biggest drama was not being on the Wi-Fi while your kids were playing or whatever else. It was your kids had to take off their shoes. There was also a, a, um, a bubble pit next to it, you know? And so when it was time to leave, it became, all right, find your shoes. And nobody could ever find their shoes because there was a big shoe bin and, and, uh, just full of hundreds of shoes. And so, uh, <laughs> that was always the big pain. Uh, but, uh, I, I certainly, like I said, I do remember enjoying the free Wi-Fi. Uh, that was at a time when of course, um, uh, I probably, uh, I may have had a, a cell. I definitely didn't have a smartphone, you know? And so, uh, if you wanted to, to sit there and, and do work or something like that, you had to use, uh, McDonald's Wi-Fi. I do think, I do enjoy the fact that McDonald's menu is simple, you know, uh, that you could just get what you want. And I, and I think that they've, they've made some strides in nutrition. I mean, as far as the salads, although I've read that their salads aren't that healthier than anything else. Um, 
But I think that they have made some strides towards um, a better nutrition for kids. You know, I know that now instead of French fries, uh, all the time that my kids have been alive, instead of French fries, you could get apple slices, which my kids like um, just as much, and and, uh, and Happy Meals. I know that you could get a milk instead of a pop. And so my kids, um, you know, used to get milk instead of like that or, or a small juice. So those, I guess, are are small steps. Um, I, I certainly would call McDonald's healthy food. Um, to me, what McDonald's is, is, um, non-offensive food, um, is, you know, if you're on a road trip and you have to get something because it's time to eat, uh, and nothing sounds good, then I can always get a McDonald's cheeseburger or a, a Big Mac or something. And, uh, one of the many things that McDonald's mastered is that a cheeseburger in, Des Moines is the same as one in Orlando is the same as one in Alaska. You know, uh, McDonald's food is very consistent. And so if you're on the road and you stop and, and want to get, you know, food, it's going to be familiar and it's going to be, you know, the, whatever you're used to. And so I, I think that that's um, part of their appeal today, you know, is uh, we, we eat more McDonald's on road trips than we do, uh, you know, while we're at home. I will tell you that I do have a McDonald's tradition, which is my wife and I several times a year go to a local casino, which is in El Reno. And uh, we drive, it's about 20 minutes away. And so we drive um, for 20 minutes on um, Northwest Expressway. It's this highway and there's literally nothing on it. It's 20 minutes of nothing. And then you turn and you go up and then there's the casino. So when we come home, we go back down the same way we turn, we get on Northwest Expressway and you drive for 20 minutes. And right when you get to town, I mean, the first thing that you see is a McDonald's. The first corner, the first intersection, the first traffic light for 20 miles is a McDonald's. And so uh, we always, whether we win or we lose, we always save enough money to get uh, ice cream. And so that is our tradition. When we come back from, hopefully we've won, um, but we always take a little bit of the winnings and we use the cash and I get a hot fudge sundae. My wife gets a, a soft serve ice cream cone. So that is uh, one of our McDonald's traditions uh, that we still have today. And I enjoy it. It's it's always going to the same specific one and getting the same specific thing, everything. So that that's still a, a happy uh, McDonald's memory. And finally, uh, I wanted to mention the world's biggest McDonald's, which is in Oklahoma. It is uh, unique in a couple of ways. Number one, it is the world's largest McDonald's at 29,000 square foot. Um, But it is built on an overpass that goes over the Will Rogers Turnpike. It is uh, right outside Veneta, Oklahoma. So if you are going from Oklahoma City and driving past Tulsa, and if you're going Basically, northeast, like if you're driving to St. Louis or something, you will drive underneath this McDonald's. And we have stopped there many times. Uh, the, the genius, because it's built over the turnpike, is you can get off on an exit on either side. <laughs> Whether you're going uh, northeast or southwest, you can get off and park and go up, you know, this big ramp and steps and go up into the restaurant. And it's a, a giant restaurant. Of course, they're the only reason it exists is for 
people that are driving on the turnpike and roads. So it, they have a big, giant, huge restroom area, a big, giant dining area. And one of the greatest things is a big, huge glass wall where when you're a kid, and I've done this many times, you can stand with your hands and your face pressed up against the glass and look down at all the cars that are going past on the turnpike. It's a very fun uh, stop. So um, that that's a, a great memory uh, and I have, I've been to that one many times. I've, I've stopped to, um, you know, get some cheeseburgers and Sprite while I'm on the road and use the restroom and, and hit the turnpike and go. So I think those are all of my memories of McDonald's. You know, I have, like I said, I, they all go back to that little play school play set playing it when I was a kid. And, um, you know what, one thing I did not mention, um, and I don't have anything in my notes about this at all, but, uh, uh, there were several Ronald McDonald video games. I'm trying to remember the the one that would be the most famous, I think is MC kids, uh, which was, uh, on the Nintendo, but it was also on a bunch of computer platforms. I know it was on the Commodore 64. Uh, I know it was on the Amiga. I think it was on the Atari ST as well. It might've even, uh, there might be a DOS release of that, but MC kids, uh, was a big game. Uh, and then there was the McDonald's, uh, treasure land game, um, for the Sega Genesis. I remember that when a uh, treasure land adventure, uh, came out. And of course there was also the, um, Mick and Mac game as the global, uh, gladiators. That was also a, a McDonald's game. So again, uh, through their, their marketing, you know, they were, I mean, you get a kid that goes, Oh, I want to play MC kids on the Nintendo and the whole thing. I mean, the front of the game has the McDonald's arches and these kids, you know? Uh, so, uh, McDonald's again, um, has just, uh, been geniuses in marketing. And, and, um, that reminds me as far as marketing, they also had, um, their gosh, what was the name of it? The adventures, I think uh, the wacky adventures of Ronald McDonald, uh, which was a, a series of cartoons. And, um, you know, I didn't know about these. I don't know. Um, they were, they were after, you know, when I was a kid, but before I had kids, I think their late nineties, uh, was kind of when they were released. But when I was going to thrift stores and looking through videotapes and stuff, I remember finding, and I bought several of them. And now of course you could just download them, but, uh, these McDonald's cartoons, you know, and again, what better thing to get kids into McDonald's? So for me, you know, as a kid, it was radio jingles. It was TV commercials, uh, and happy meals, those sorts of things. And, and the playground that got me. And now, you know, it's video games, uh, and, and cartoons and things like that, that, that get kids, uh, into McDonald's. So, um, no matter how you got into McDonald's, I, I, uh, we were all there at one point. And now, um, I think we all, you know, you look at uh, the calories and stuff <laughs> at McDonald's or the, um, uh, you know, the, the nutrition values and things at McDonald's. And, and now you wonder if going there as a kid so often and taking kids there was such a great idea. But um, whether or not the food was a good idea, that playground was a good idea. So I may take your order, please. 
Big Mac, McDLT, a quarter pounder with cheese, filet, a fish, a hamburger, a cheeseburger, McChicken, and McNuggets, tasty golden french fries, regular and larger sizes, salad, chef for garden, or chicken salad, oriental, and for breakfast, egg, big buffin, hotter cakes, with sausage, maybe omelette, big buffins, all three kinds of Danish hash, two and four dessert, hot apple pies, and Sundays, three varieties, the saucer cone, three kinds of shakes, and chocolate, chip cookies, and a drink of Coca-Cola, diet coke, and orange, drink a Sprite, and coffee, and hot chocolate, also apple, orange, and grapefruit juice, I love McDonald's, good and great taste, and I get this all at one place. Now let me get this straight, you want a Big Mac, McDLT, a quarter pound? Anyway, that wraps up this episode of You Don't Know Flack. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you have feedback about this or any episode of the show, you can always email me directly at Rob O'Hara at robohara.com. Join the conversation over at Facebook at facebook.com forward slash robcasts. Follow me on Twitter at Commodore or leave me a message on the podcast hotline, which is 405-486-YDKF. And don't forget, you can support the show at patreon.com forward slash Rob O'Hara. Or just share links to the show on social media or like and review on iTunes. Thank you guys for tuning in once again. Uh, if you're ever in the area, you're driving through Oklahoma, let me know. I will stop and buy you a 20-piece McNugget. <laughs> Take care, everybody, and I'll talk to you next time. What if, 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 what